Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A day that had absolutely everything. Match day five and a massive Monday. We've seen 11 goals, a hat-trick, the greatest team goal so far of the competition. So much to talk about. Thank you for joining us here in the Optusport studio. And if you're listening on our Optusport football podcast, it's great to have your company as we wrap up a huge day of football. I'm joined by Chilean international Maria Cote Rojas, our championship winner from 2019's World Cup, Jess McDonald, and Heather Garriock, our Hall of Famer here in Aussie and a fan favourite, no doubt. Can score a cracking goal with a left foot too. I will pay her that one today. <laughs> I must be in a good mood after what a day we've had. Spectacular goals all around. We're in a great mood. We love goals, goals galore. And to see Brazil live up to their name on the world stage, some of the great goals, ladies, and not, not only in Brazil, but even Germany as well. We've been waiting very patiently over the last week to see both these teams perform, and gee, they performed. It was mouth-watering. It was nice to see a big team step up and a big player make a very warm welcome to the world stage, Jess, and pick up a hat-trick. Yes, I am super stoked for Ari Borges. I, I couldn't wait for the world to know who she truly is. And I will never forget her first training session with us at Racing Louisville. Scored a banger of a bicycle kick. And we're like, oh, oh, the Brazilian is here. She's in the building. <laughs> and she has just been on fire ever since preseason. Well, I'm so I'm so proud. Gorgeous Borges from now on. What have you got for her? Oh, that's uh, Ari Scorgeous now. Ari Scorgeous. <laughs> Beautiful. We'll take a look at this hat trick, Maria. Talk us through it because. It was just beautiful. To make your debut and to score one goal is like a dream come true for any player. But for Ari to pick up three, it's a night you cannot even imagine. No, it's amazing. I think for her, such a, an amazing moment. Not just an individual has, you know, we saw her giving the ball an assistant, but to get the three, as you said, Amy, it's, uh, it's something that she will never forget, I think. And the tears, just the tears rolling down her face. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy for her in that moment. Just pure tears of joy. And you could tell by her crying in that moment after she scores her first goal in the World Cup, just how passionate she truly is about the game. And her technique as well. We, we, we play that one and her technique, you know, heading the ball with power down, that's really difficult to do. You can tell the, the game plan was to obviously get it down the flanks and be able to deliver the ball in. But, the, the, wow, the delivery in to the central areas was unbelievable. So this has come from another cross and another head, which is Nutty's the keeper, but an incredible third goal. And, and she would never, a couple of hours ago, dreamed or believed that she'd come into her very first World Cup and score a hat-trick and, and an assist. So um, beautiful scenes there, uh, but this is what World Cups are made of. Heroes. And I think, look, she got to be the hero tonight. But I will say, 
what an amazing world has a team they have. And that's what I said earlier, Amy. Uh, what makes Brazil special is that they, they united, how they un, united and how they are supported to each other. Were they tested though? Do you think they were tested and do you think they're going to be tested against the likes of someone like France? Uh, do we measure their result on how good they are today given Panama's an average team? They're obviously very debut. 52nd ranked, one of eight debut nations, yeah, first yeah, time yeah. overwhelming, you know, the emotion from them walking out onto the pitch in the first place. Where is your headspace coming up against a team like this that delivers goals like this one? We can get excited. We've, we've got excited. <laughs> we've danced. However, I think we let's measure them. They'll build confidence from this. The Brazilians have already got confidence anyway because they're so damn good on the ball. Um, but I think we need to measure them against some better teams. Yeah, and I think they will. And we will see the real Brazil. I think they didn't take this Was that this not the real Brazil? Light. No, they didn't take this game lighter. They knew Panama could complicate them because I know they're humble in that way. How do you know this? <laughs> I know they're humble in that way. Because they're not beat Chile. Just say it. True, true. They did, and but that's they why you're not at the World too. Cup. It's, no, that was high tea. <laughs> that was high tea, high tea. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's, uh, anyways, let's take a look at the team goal because it was spectacular, yeah. the goal that they put together. And Borges, as you said, Heather, completely <laughs> selfless because look she had the this. chance to put the hat-trick away I've got to earlier. commentate this. A little back heel, a little clip, far post. She could have finished it, hat-trick, back heel, and a little clip. She didn't, didn't just have to clip that over the two defenders. But what a beautiful team goal. The be one of the best goals I've seen in women's football. And that's what I'm saying, Heather. We saw Germany earlier. They are, you know, in a different level. But I think Brazil, they are too. And the football they play is such amazing football. Tiki-taka sometimes. They play, they, they use the wingers. And they also, they use the overlap. So they have different styles, I would say. They were absolutely on fire out there tonight. And they started without the biggest name in women's football being Marta. But we did have this beautiful moment, Jess, where she came on the field. The crowd was calling for it. The signs were out there. And on comes the queen. Absolutely. And it wasn't even just the crowd. We were rooting for Marta. We couldn't wait till she came in. And all of social media, when I was scrolling through, everyone's like, where's Marta? We need Marta. And here she is, you know, one of the biggest names right now in women's football. Just a historical moment for her, being her sixth World Cup. I mean, the woman's just so impressive overall, and she's so inspiring as well. So, as you could tell, the entire stadium was just shook by this one individual, and that, that says a lot about Marta and her presence. For the current generation that's watching this moment, seeing Marta, the legend that we know, coming on for a sixth World Cup, is very similar to seeing Sam Kerr. It's it, for it, us it, growing it, up, for, she for was or to even up. play against exactly her. right. The legends, and now obviously Sam Kerr's known yeah, as and that. even it was for me, you know, I was always looking, looking at her, the style, and then still remember when I was little. But saying that, you know, what a moment and very privileged in Adelaide yeah. to actually have lived that to see Marta and probably her last World, World Cup. We saw the stats there, obviously heavily skewed toward Brazil, almost as long as the list of achievements uh, from Marta herself. But right now, let's go to Pia Sundaj, the coach of Brazil, and get her thoughts on the game. Pia, what do you feel now? What did you say to the girls there in the circle? Well, what I'm saying to the, the players, I'm not telling anybody, but uh, we're happy. It is the first game, it's always difficult. 
four goals and sometimes we played quite well, so I still feel ease. What can you say about Ari today? Well, I think she's happy as well, scoring a hat-trick and uh, uh, she played well, so we had to take her out. Thank you, congratulations, okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All having a giggle at Pia Sundar taking Ari off the pitch because she had too much of a good game. It says a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely fantastic scenes. A party on the pitch. Michelle Escobar is sideline at Highmarsh Stadium. Michelle, tell me that party is continuing. <laughs> That's right, Amy. The party is continuing. There's still so many Brazilian fans here. They're banging those drums. They have brought such a presence here. It's fantastic. Even before the game, it was literally party central. Also, the Panama fans, there's a small pocket of them, but they're getting involved. It's, it's like being transported to Latin America. It's just fiesta time here. It looks uh, absolutely fantastic. Tell us about the roar of the crowd when Marta came on. Oh, it was so electric. It was so loud. They could see her just, you know, putting her shin pads on and her socks on and they were already cheering for her. Everyone was so excited. Even before the game when she was warming up, we were on the same side as the Brazilian team when they were warming up and the whole crowd was just yelling out her name and she was interacting with them, smiling, waving, and they were loving every second of it. They're still calling out her name right now. Amazing moment and look, I... When you're talking, it makes me feel that even though I'm not there, I can see it. And what an amazing moment, not just for Brazil and Marta, a privilege to see her, but also the Panama fans. How amazing. It's not just the Panama and Brazil. I heard people from uh, Colombia, Argentina were there, even Australians were going to meet in this big party. So, you know, everyone asking for Marta. And again, how lucky were those fans to see her tonight? Oh, it was amazing. Everyone was out here for Marta. The Australians, like you said, so many South Americans came out to see Marta. I mean, it doesn't get better than her, of course. And everyone, like I said, was calling out her name from start to finish, really, even when she wasn't playing. But you can't forget about the Panama fans as well. They were supporting their own. They were saying, which means, yes, we can. So they were very much believing in their side the whole way through. But the attention was mainly on Marta. Yeah, that's right, Michelle. And don't worry about Panama. There's a long way to go in this competition just yet. And uh, great to have them get the first one under their belt at their very first World Cup. Michelle Escobar, we'll let you go because I have a feeling you might want to join that party. So thanks so much for your time. Here in the studio, we're going to take a look at the Group F standings. There they are. Brazil sitting on top with three points. And, of course, with France and Jamaica playing out a draw, they're sitting second and third. And then Panama down the bottom. You know, we really thought this, again, was going to be a clear-cut group with Brazil and France at the top, Heather. But it might not be that way. Yeah, I still think it's it's the, the top two teams that uh, that will go through will be Brazil and France. Um, you've got Jamaica, you've got Bunny Shaw that's going to be out for next game, which is, is going to kill them in a way, their captain, their leader. Um, but the French surely are going to look at and reflect on their game and, and look at Brazil and what they've, they've dished out this evening and, and go, OK, well, we need to be able to shut them down and shut them down by putting pressure on, on the ball as much as possible. And I agree with that. And I think sometimes team tend to take it lightly. I know it's the World Cup, but um, I think they, they are going to really look at that and just, yeah, analyse the game.
But if you're France and, you, and you're watching this Brazil side right now, after coming off the performance that you just had yesterday against Jamaica, I mean, kind of a disappointing performance on, on their behalf. You know, we had higher expectations for this team, but not good quality. wasn't good enough on the French side. So are you actually going to go into this game and be like, oh, we're playing against Brazil. Oh, yeah, let, let's go. Like, this is going to happen, you know, and, and obviously, like, they're going to learn from their mistakes from the first game. They're going to analyze this film on Brazil. But you see Brazil, they're playing happy football. That's a very difficult thing to take away. It's very difficult to take away from a team who is on a roll. Now they've got the confidence. Now, you know, they're, they're playing with some heart here, whereas the French side was the polar opposite. So... Is France going to go into this game? Do you think game? something is going on with fans? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, you never like, know. Well, they've yeah. just had a changing coach. Four months ago, they've just had a changing coach. One person that we haven't credited for this Brazilian team is Pia Sundag. She's coached the Swedish team to success. Yep. She's coached the US national team to success. Is this her moment to be able to coach? The style that she's putting out is the, exactly the same style as Sweden played, as the US played, and now she's got the quality of players and they're playing very, very similar. Possession-based football. And beautiful structure, but allowing them to have the individual creativity and flair is beautiful to watch. You can see Pia there just enjoying the moment with her team. And isn't, it was nice. We had a conversation in the green room and Jess, what did you say about Pia? About just about just generally how you would have loved to. to oh play yeah, I her. definitely would have loved to have played for Pia because I, I heard nothing but great things. You know, I hear she's you know in the locker rooms with her guitar, singing songs with with her teams, and bringing nothing but good vibes. So I think that kind of vibe <laughs> from a, a coach like that would have been kind of nice to have. And well, I think you can see as well how also she's now with that Brazilian vibe. She's smiling. She's, she's loosened happy. up a little bit, hasn't exactly. she? Exactly. Well, used to. A little bit, yes, she but. certainly brought the vibe to <laughs> Brazil. I'll tell you who else had the vibe. It was Group A's New Zealand side when they got their first home win in the opening match of this Women's World Cup. And we are going to turn our attention now to Group A. We're going to head to Narelle Sindos and Maya Jackman for a preview of the New Zealand game against the Philippines. Four days ago, the Football Ferns made history by winning their first ever match at a FIFA Women's World Cup. Maya, they are back in action tomorrow against the Philippines. Do you think they've come down from cloud nine yet? Oh, heck no. They haven't come down from cloud nine, but they know they've got a game that they've, that, you know, another must win tomorrow. So what they'll be thinking is, you know, clean slate, we need to go again. But that will be in the back of the mind what happened on Thursday night. And, you know, oh, and of course it should be. Do you think it would be hard for them to do that, though, just park history behind them? Yeah, I mean, this is the first time they've been in this position, isn't it? So there'll be mixed, mixed, a mixed bag, I think, of, of how they do that. But I think it'll be a massive part of their game plan to, you know, just keep looking forward because that's what you do when you're in these tournaments. You just move forward from one to the next. But, yeah, it'll be difficult. Because when the draw came out, no offence to the Philippines, but that was one that they were probably targeting for their win. They've already done that, though. How do you think they're going to deal with the expectation now? Yeah, I mean, I think, as, as I said before, they they will have that, um, that, they've put that behind them. They're looking forward now to the Philippines. They've been training hard to have that game plan against the Philippines, and they will just be t talking about what they can control. They'll have that real inner belief now. Um, that win that they had against Vietnam pushed them into that belief, and then now that win on Thursday, the, their belief that they've been working on will be really, really strong. We are expecting a full house down in Wellington. That's going to be another amazing night for football in New Zealand. Oh, it'll be, yeah, it's, 
you know, the momentum of this Football Ferns has really taken off. That's all anyone's talking about at the moment. I've got all these rugby people that we're saying, we're converts, we're converts. And, you know, they're becoming household names. And I think people are now, that, that uptake of tickets is now getting bigger and bigger, especially for those New Zealand games. So it'll be a really loud crowd again. And, and the Football Ferns did say that that crowd really pushed them through. That was the 12th woman for them. The Philippines, though, under the guidance of former Matildas coach Alan Stachich, he does his homework, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. And they're a really well-organised outfit, the Philippines. You know, they, they're very tidy, very tight, and they will keep things really tight. And so the, the football ferns will have to really work um, that Philippines side to get anything on them. Um, yeah, they won't be an easy task, but I feel like we can do it again. How are you feeling? Are you nervous? <laughs> I am nervous because, you know, this is the game that we thought we would win. We've already won and this will put us in a really great position to move forward into the next round of 16 if we can do this. Um, of course I'm nervous, we've got the, you know, the ex-ferns behind them, the whole entire country behind them, so yeah, I'm excited though. Well, we are off to Wellington bright and early tomorrow, but we are not complaining. I bet you're not complaining after New Zealand picked up their first ever World Cup win. And I love hearing about all these people jumping on the bandwagon. You're a little late to the party, but we welcome you. We welcome you. And do we welcome, here's a question, a New Zealand second win? Can they do it? Oh, you just heard from the legend herself, Maya Jackman. Um, the whole nation's behind them. Uh, can they do it? Yeah, if they play the way they, they did play. I was speaking to Beck's um, former former fern yesterday and she just said every single thing went right for them in the game the way they played the execution this goal as it was going down the line you couldn't you, you couldn't pinpoint it more perfectly and Wilkinson to be able to get the connection that she did and hit it so perfectly it's a dream goal for her and a dream win for New Zealand and a beautiful finish, Kote and Hannah, of Hannah. course. We've seen her play here in the, uh, in the A-League W and, and wonderful. We were very, very happy for New Zealand to party on. But Alan Stachic, the coach of the Philippines, was asked about their chances of a win tomorrow. And this is what he had to say. As to whether we can do it tomorrow or not, I don't know. We want to crash the party and it's not really their party. It's everyone's party. It's our party as well. So... You know, regardless of which country it's in, it's fantastic that the World Cup's here and in Australia and the support's been amazing. Just watching 39,000, 40,000 people last night in Sydney was, was amazing. But, you know, football in all our countries is not number one. So it's not number one in the Philippines, New Zealand or Australia. So we need to do everything we can to bolster the support, you know, for the sport, for women's football and make sure we use these moments, you know, and treasure them and really build on them, not only for now, but leave a legacy for the future as well. Some pertinent words there. Yeah, certainly was. Alan Stadgic wants to crash everybody's party, including New Zealand. They're big words. What do you think about that, Kote? I think it's great. You know why? Because we saw it tonight as well. The fans have been amazing, not just for New Zealand or Australia. It's, you know, for everyone. And we know Australia is a multicultural country and, and he wants to do his, his thing. And I think he's with the right attitude, you know, and, and good on him and Philippines, you know, hopefully... What New, De New Zealand's done in the last game is what Alan wants to do with Philippines in this particular game. Oh, he's Get making his first giant ever. He's making, mm -hmm. he's making moments, he's making memories, he's making history. This is going to be a massive game. game. Can you imagine if the Ferns win and back up the win and, and make it through to the round of 16? 
at their home World Cup. It would be absolutely amazing. Just you using that word amazing. I don't have to <laughs> Just amazing too was the Matildas win. Can we remember that? Because they play in a couple of days and we're going to move from one host country to another now and chat Matildas. Amy Chapman went one-on-one -on -one with Katrina Gorey about her performance against Ireland and what they expect from Nigeria. Uh, many thought that you were one of the best against Ireland. How did you feel about your performance and then the team overall? Um, I didn't feel great about my performance. I think defensively I did win a few balls back, but I think I gave a lot of balls away, um, which I try not to do as much. Um, I think together I think we, we were... Um, I think we, we played all right. I think we always knew it was going to be a bit of a second ball game, that it was going to be um, a pretty physical game for us, but we needed to keep control. We needed to be patient. I thought we did that pretty well. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, probably too many transitions for us. Do you, have you managed to watch the game against Canada and Nigeria? And what are you expecting Nigeria to bring that's different? Yeah, um, we all watched it, I think, individually or, or together. And... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough game. They're, they're physical, they're fast, um, they've got good technical players. So I think uh, we, we definitely have to be on our A game in defence, um, make sure that we, we stay compact in defence and, and when we win the ball, we've got to make sure we have an outlet. Uh, I think they, they do throw a num lot of numbers forward, so I think we can hurt them on the transition, but uh, we've got to stay calm and composed on the ball. Obviously, the big news is, of course, around Sam Kerr. Um, how is she getting on? And do you think we're going to see her in this group stage in the tournament? Where are your thoughts? Yeah, she's doing well. I mean, she's always in high spirits. It's always nice having her around the team, whether it's on the field or off the field. She's, uh, yeah, she's got a good game plan around her. She's got, you know, some of the best medical staff that you can ask for. So she's been looked after really well. Um, and we're just going to do whatever we can to, to get her back on the field and whatever we can to get her out of the group stage. I know there's a big storyline about what's happening off the park there, but it is so wonderful to see Katrina Gorey going from strength to strength and even better after having baby Harper with her. And Jess, I'd love to get your thoughts because you're pregnant at the moment. We're going to see you back, aren't we? Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, as, as some of you guys may know, the recovery after giving birth is not quite the easiest, but I have seen a lot of women, and Katrina Gorey being one of them, she was just a pain to play against in the A-League this year when she was playing for Brisbane. And I watched a lot of film on her, and she's better post-baby than beforehand. And, you know, I've said the same thing about Alex Morgan, and it's absolutely incredible what women can do, like what their bodies are capable of doing. And Katrina Gorey has proven herself, and she is one of those players that I mentioned before the World Cup how amazing of a performance that she's going to have. So obviously she criticized herself a little bit, but that's what we do as athletes. But, you know, at the end of the day, she is, you know, part of the heart of this Matilda side. And I'm excited to see what she's going to continue to do throughout this tournament. Why are we continuing to have this conversation when we've got so many global superstars that are having children, having babies and coming back? I, one of them, you've got a seven-year-old as well. It's not a conversation. Of course you're going to come back better. Of course you're going to be fitter, faster, stronger, have more balance in your life. It's not even a conversation anymore. So we need to stop talking about it. I know there was scrutiny um, last week about one of the commentators. It, it, it was irrelevant, what he said. He, met, he meant to say that she's come back bigger and stronger. And so for me, 
it's not even a conversation anymore. I'm just so proud that now we've got superstars all around the world, whether they're playing at national team level, they're playing at domestic level, is women need to be treated with respect. And whether you're a mother and a professional athlete, you can do both, hands down. Living proof of, proof of that here. Well said, Heather, well said. <laughs> All right, we'll change of pace now because we're going to move on to Group H tomorrow. First up, Colombia taking on Korea. That's coming away from Sydney Football Stadium. We're going to go to Bree Holden with a preview of that match. Tomorrow afternoon, Korea Republic begin their fourth World Cup campaign with a clash against Colombia that could prove crucial in deciding the shape of Group H. Both sides qualified for this World Cup in Australia and New Zealand after finishing runners-up in the Asian Cup and Copa America, respectively. Now, the lead-up to this tournament has been an encouraging one for Korea under Colin Bell. They've won their three pre-tournament friendlies, picking up wins against fellow World Cup sides Haiti and Zambia proving they can deal with the unexpected and just a little bit of pace. Now, of course, they will start their lineup defensively, but going forward, everything will hinge on the performance of veteran forward Ji So Yun. She's got 67 goals for the national team already, and the former Chelsea striker is handy with a free kick, as well as strong on the ball and very creative. Behind her, we can expect Lee to allow her the freedom to move up front and provide a little bit of something special. And, of course, she loves to grab a goal herself, so Korea certainly have an attacking threat as well as that strong defensive lineup. Now on the other side of this arm wrestle, Colombia have already proven themselves a physical force. They're coming back into the tournament after missing the 2019 edition and they have got the grit to win and certainly the explosive pace to score goals. The side will be looking to focus on exploiting Korea's midfield and grinding down that strong defensive line. And crucial to that will be the likes of Real Madrid winger Linda Caicedo and, of course, their experienced left-back Manuela Van Gagas, who loves to grab a goal or two when needed. Now, if they do break down that midfield and get to the defensive line, then focus will, of course, turn to the likes of Mayra Ramirez in the front. In the lead-up to this game, Colombia have managed to score in all seven of their pre-tournament friendlies, albeit only winning two of them, with Ramirez key to everything they do. Over the past 12 months, she has continued to build and she'll be looking to come out firing against Korea. With both sides physically strong in the tackle and looking to assert themselves early in this Group H encounter, we can expect a physical yet cagey one at the SFS. And of course, we already know Colombia are a physical side after that abandoned match against Ireland. And, well, they told us earlier in the month, Korea can not afford to underestimate Colombia's hunger and their pace. We don't know how this one will go, but we can tell you it is going to be an absolute cracker at the SFS with both sides unable to afford a slip-up early in this Group H. So make sure you catch it all live with us right here on Optus Sport from midday tomorrow at the SFS. Thank you so much, Bree Holden. So much information there. So much to look forward to at the Sydney Football Stadium. And Cote, I know you're excited for this one. <laughs> I can't wait to see Montea play for Colombia. And So Yun, 210 games with Chelsea. She's now moved back home, but still a stalwart for the Korean Republic side. Let it out. Come on, it's in there. <laughs> no, it's always exciting to, you know, to talk about South American teams and and because, you know, I know what Colombia can bring. They, they are the other side, like Brazil, 
that play, they good football. They quick, they fast. You know, they play tiki taka sometimes, and you know they have this amazing player, Caicedo. You know, the new signing for Real Madrid, and the, all these players that we will get to see because they are gonna think they are gonna shine this time. And South Korea, we know they are strong, they discipline, they structure, and I think we expecting here uh, a really great fight, but. With Colombia, more quality, I would say. You're making me hungry. You're making me hungry <laughs> for more football. Well, there is plenty more football to come because so many more matches tomorrow on Match Day 6. I'm going to call it Terrific Tuesday. Tomorrow on Optus Sport, the FIFA Women's World Cup rolls on. 8 a.m. Eastern, get all your World Cup news from Daily Kickoff. 11 a.m. live from the SFS, Colombia take on Korea Republic. At 2.30, it's the second group game for New Zealand. They play the Philippines. At 5.30, Switzerland face last World Cup quarter-finalists, Norway. The FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Every game live on Optus Sport. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. First up today, we had Argentina taking on Italy. It was pretty fiery out there, I think is the best way to put it. And uh, we're going to check in with Narelle Sindos, who wrapped it all up for us. End-to-end -end stuff between Italy and Argentina. But, Maya, can you believe it? After coming on as a sub in the 83rd minute, Cristiana Girelli pops up with the winning goal. Can I believe it? I can. She's a prolific goal scorer for Italy. She's got about 46 goals, maybe 47 now. She uh, scored a hat-trick at the last World Cup, so yes, I can believe it, and she's really staked her claim, maybe for a start for the next game. Surely. You'd have to say, though, coming out for that second half, Italy looked the better side. You just had that feeling that something was coming. Yeah, well, they scored, well, you know, those two offsides, so they already were showing that they were really pushing forward for a goal, and stats show that if they score first, they don't lose, so... Here they are. I mean, 87th minute, they didn't give Argentina much time to come back. But, yeah, they were the, the more precision-looking team on the night, um, pushing forward a lot more in that second half. Argentina, though, they showed their skill, but they just lacked the quality when it came to that final ball. Yeah, individually, they've got a lot of flair and a lot of skill, and they had that one-two one touch between each other. But moving forward or going forward, the year, they lacked that accuracy and precision, and they seemed to break down quite a little bit more than the Italians did and the Italians were able to catch them on those so yeah not their night tonight unfortunately. What did you think about the crowd though? It was almost like we were transported to South America. We were in South America. There were drums going off. There were 30,000 in this crowd and I feel like 29,000 of them were Argentinian at times but yeah lo lots of passion in the crowd and unfortunately for Argentina not their night tonight but you know they're looking good so maybe you, you never know what looking forward to the to the next few games for sure Italy are on the board here but Argentina you get the feeling their first win can't be too far away well there you have the group G standings Italy equaling Sweden there after Christina Girelli put away her 54th goal in 104 capture was of course their top goal scorer in qualifying as well and that has just continued what do we think about this group now is it clear cut 
We've only had one game. No, it's certainly not clear cut. Obviously, Argentina really took it to, to Italy. And it was Girelli. I almost had deja vu. That's what she did to the Matildas four years ago, scoring the last five minutes of the game to hit the winner. Coach um, killer. It is, it is a coach <laughs> killer. However, it was an equality goal, header. Um, but look, I think South Africa um, will 1-0 up and Sweden were lucky to to get two goals back. So South Africa could, could go on and, and, and challenge um, either Italy or Argentina. But it's a, it's a tough group. I think Sweden will go through. Yeah, this is one of those groups that is very unpredictable. Of course, Sweden being one of the favorites, you know, I, I do expect them to be at the top of this table. But at the end of the day, you really don't know what's going to happen on this table because mm -hmm. we have, you know, these different expectations from these teams. I mean, South Africa was absolutely amazing against against Sweden, you know, and, and Sweden obviously being the, the favorite of that game. But, you know, even that game had me at the edge of my seat for 90 minutes. So just incredible side, of, like, for the entire table. It was pretty fantastic stuff. Uh, Kote, let's move on because Germany also played today against debuting side Morocco. In a moment, I'll get your thoughts on that one. But first, let's go to Adriano Del Monte and Mel Barbieri because they were at the match. Well, this was the scene of uh, Germany's demolition, Bubs. I think it's safe to say 6-0 win over Morocco. How close to perfect was that start for the Germans who have scored in a Women's World Cup match Six plus goals for the seventh time in their history. It's crazy to think that they're so damaging up front, even without two players. And I feel like um, they did hold off a little bit uh, towards the end. They subbed a couple of players off. They could have gone full throttle, but they didn't. They wanted to rest a few legs. Um, but, you know, I thought Morocco could have put more pressure on them, um, especially balls into the centre. They were just finding a huge amount of pockets of space, made it look easy, turning on the ball, playing balls forward. I would have hoped that Morocco had a bit of more tenacity, a bit of more physicality, especially having come from uh, the African Nations Cup. They should have known that they needed to be a little bit more physical with the number two side in the world. They are the number two side in the world for good reason. You mentioned a couple of players missing, Oberdorf and Hergering. Nice scenes post-match, though. The team taking a photo with the shirts of a few of the injured players who didn't make the squad. They seem like a very tight group. So while lots of quality on the pitch, plenty of love offered as well. Yeah, and I think that's a, a strong showing. Even the coach walking past us all, making sure she said hello to all the media, made it sure that it was a welcoming environment. And then especially with the warm-up, I really found them so supportive of each other. The sprints even down the, the tunnel or the guard of honour as the players were coming off the pitch. That stuff is orchestrated. You don't, you don't just do that stuff off the cuff. Players coming off the pitch, high-fiving. It's very, very um, choreographed, but it makes sure that people build camaraderie. Absolutely. I'm sure that will be very important as they go further in the tournament. A very impressive start for Germany. For Morocco, still a historic night. Of course, their first ever match at a FIFA Women's World Cup. Their fans were brilliant, but tonight, the night was all about Germany. Certainly was, and a big win as well, and lots to do with Alex Pop. Maria, talk me through these two goals because we've seen her pop them away many a times, but these were two of the best. I think, you know, again, uh, I have seen it so many times, and again, her teammate looking for her in the middle, and she does it again, you know, her timing, her header is just perfect, and she just doesn't score only one, she scored two, and she creates so much as well. Um, do I think, you know, she could have scored a hat-trick? 
Absolutely. What do you think, Jess? Oh, absolutely. Any anytime you know Pop is in front of the goal, you know she she's definitely going to put it in the back of the net. So she's popping over your shoulder right now. <laughs> Seriously, but hey. she, she's obviously she's an incredible striker. You know she's impressive to watch. So. You know, not surprising that she got two today. I have to say also, she stayed two years. Her experience, you can tell, you know, the way that she moved. It's amazing. Well, it was a massive 6-0 win. And as we said, Morocco debuting at this tournament. Don't worry about the loss. Look at their fans still celebrating outside despite the loss. My ears are still ringing after being in Qatar last year at one of the Moroccan games and hearing the fans cheering and singing and crying and the passion. And this is how long after the game? Well, after and, and hours after. Our, hours after the game and they lost. This is, this is true believers, true fans. I love it. Real football fans. It is beautiful. Don't forget, if you've missed any of those goals, you can catch them on our Optus Sport app. And I'm pretty sure we'll have a few fans out there as well. You are listening to the Optus Sport podcast and joining us here in the Optus Sport studio. We are going to take a break, but don't forget... You can join us tomorrow morning for the Daily Kickoff from 8am. See you tomorrow on Daily Kickoff where we will be looking back at the matches from today and previewing matches from tomorrow. And don't forget we'll be heading over to Chappie to get another Matilda's update. We'll have special guest Australian futsal superstar Caitlin Jarvie as well. Yeah, it's the only place we can get all your football news on and off the pitch. I'm pretty sure you guys are singing for everyone tomorrow. Absolutely. I think that's happening. There's like karaoke. Only if you dance. Yeah, I will dance. <laughs> Perfect. Of course I will dance. Beck Smith, Amy Harrison and possibly me dancing. You never know what's going to happen. Daily kickoff from 8am. Welcome back to our Optusport post show and podcast. Still plenty more to get through because we have terrific Tuesday coming your way. Ladies, let's talk about Norway playing Switzerland because Switzerland, of course, got a 2-0 win over the Philippines. But Norway were upset by New Zealand and we just expected better. We've been expecting better for the last two cycles. The Euros, they failed. The last World Cup, they failed. Some of the players that, that they've got, world-class players, Ada Hegerberg, Graham Hansen plays at, at, at Barcelona, Wrighton. These are superstar players. How can't you not get it right? What is going on in Norway? Any answers? Think, yeah. Look, I just I'm agree with that because and I feel for those great, amazing players who are in a big clubs like Ada, you know, she's what a striker, what a forward. And something is happening because if they are not connecting or linking to score those goals, something is going on then. They were not good structurally. They, it's easy to play structured football. All they need is a little bit of structure and they just weren't good. Switzerland, on the other hand, very good. Um, Ramona Backman ran, ran the show there. Good 2-0 result, started off their campaign. Well, hopefully they've had a good training session and blown some of the cobwebs out, Jess. Absolutely. And <laughs> I'm just hoping that Norway comes into the second game with, you know, a little more confidence because it was an unacceptable performance on their behalf. I mean, they couldn't even string together a handful of passes in the game. So we'll see how they regroup and, you know, focus on this next game against Switzerland. They won't have it easy. Switzerland did a great job against the Philippines. The Philippines are a very structured side. H, we've talked about this before. Their goal against New Zealand, it was, it was quality. It was class. Yeah, for sure. And look, Philippines are very structured under Alan Stadwick. We heard an interview from him at the start. Um, but they found a way. And that's what we love about Switzerland. And I thought they played really well. And that's why I think 
Um, this retake of Ramona Backman, what a superstar. She's, she's been quality with him. She's doing well. Yeah, unbelievable and a, and a great penalty. So, um, and, and this one as well, this is a cutback. Yeah. Nice and easy. Marking in the box wasn't quite there, but got it in the end. But, yeah, look, I think Switzerland are going to be tough and um, could beat Norway. Well, there you have it. H's tip for tomorrow in Group A. Let's look ahead because it's terrific Tuesday coming your way. Colombia and Korea Republic coverage here in the Optus Sports studio from 11am on that one. New Zealand taking on the Philippines. Can they make it two in a row? Coverage from 2.30pm. And then Switzerland taking on Norway. I'm tipping the Swiss to get over top of Norway in this one. And I know, H, you want to see a better showing. But tell me who's going to win these three really quickly. Philippines, Colombia, Norway. Norway. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. I have to go with Colombia, the Ferns, New Zealand, and Switzerland. Kote? Colombia, of course. Look, I want New Zealand to win because I have my friends there, but I think it's going to be Philippines. That's bias. <laughs> Philippines, I say. And Switzerland. And I think Norway. Switzerland. And Switzerland. Yeah. Well, there you have it. They are the panel's thoughts ahead of a terrific Tuesday. We've had so much fun here in the studio and on the Optus Sport podcast. going to say thank you to my guests, Kote, Jess and Heather. Make sure you join us tomorrow from 8am for the daily kickoff show and anything you have missed, news, highlights, mini matches, the lot, Heather ranting about whole lots of things, you can get them on our Optus Sport app. But from me, from the team here at Optus and these guys, thank you for such a fun night. We look forward to seeing you all tomorrow and I'll let you have the last word. Buena noche, mi gente. Buena noche. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.